Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hey, Todd. Dr. Wignall, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Good. 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 So today we're going to talk about expectations. Um, this is one of those topics that has, this has come up indirectly a lot, I think, in a lot of our episodes. We've talked about mm-hmm. expectations, specifically ways in which they can be um, detrimental um, or, or kind of hurt us unintentionally. So I thought we'd chat a little bit about like what expectations are exactly and, and not just why they can be unhelpful, but I, I want to kind of pick your brain about like, can they be helpful actually? And if so, like, what would that, what would that look like? Cause we spend a lot of time talking about how they're so unhelpful that if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you might almost think like, well, should I just not have expectations? Should mm-hmm. we be like Buddhist monks who like try to not be attached to anything and have no in the moment, every moment. Yeah. So I, I yeah. that's kind of to kind of telegraph where we're going. That's kind of where I want to go with this. But, um, but let, what do you think? Like um, talk about some of those ways where like, let's kind of recap, like how can expectations be unhelpful to us, especially kind of emotionally or interpersonally? Well, I, I mean, I, I think you see this in a number of, of presentations. Let's say somebody with uh, anger issues, right? And they, they find themselves getting really angry and yelling and screaming and people are telling them they have anger problems. And um, anger is a very common emotion when our expectations are violated. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of one, one of the basics there of anger is that it usually occurs when an expectation you've had is violated. And you find with people who have anger problems they seem to have their, viol- their their expectations violated over and over and over again, um, which means to me that there's something um, odd about the way they're forming their expectations. Um, and it yeah, could like be they're super high, <laughs> right? This yeah, like well, and, really and not based off extreme. of history, right? Yeah, they're not based off of actual history. They're based off of what they want in that moment. Or you see people maybe in relationships who um, really struggle with um, the way they're treated in a relationship um, because their expectations are based off of kind of what they want that other person to do and not what mm-hmm. they have been doing for years and years and years and years. I, that's a great, I remember talking to someone who was having a hard time in a new romantic relationship because this new person that they were with um, had a hard time um, talking about how they felt emotionally. Um, they, they, they wanted to, and they were trying to, they just weren't particularly good at it. In particular, mm-hmm. they weren't as good as this previous partner who just happened to be really good at it. Right. Yeah. So this, this expectation, you wouldn't necessarily say the expectation was wrong itself. It was just not a good fit for this new circumstance. Mm-hmm. And my, mm-hmm. my client hadn't really updated their expectations. In, yeah. In to base of them the off new, of this new person. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you see someone who's, who's, let's say, um, really riddled with, um, frustration, anger, hurt, especially with the way that their parents have always treated them. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of go, you know, I, I see this a lot when the holiday season comes around and they're like, I'm going back home and, and I just really want this to be a good experience. I want to have these moments. And, when I kind of talk about, well, what has happened in the past or what's this been like in the past when you've gone home? Oh, it's disastrous. My mom starts criticizing me right away and my dad starts yelling at me, you know, and, and, and to help them kind of gain an appreciation for that might be a better expectation. You know, what's, what has kind of happened a lot in the past is probably a better expectation base or, or a better source of data for your expectations yeah. than 
what you're praying and hoping for might happen if the stars align sort of thing. Another one that um, maybe one people don't often think about or associate with expectations, but I think you could look at perfectionism as an expectation issue. You know, it's like mm-hmm. your expectations of yourself are a little bit unrealistic mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it can lead to this kind of um, compulsive striving for achievement and then kind of intense self-criticism when you inevitably fail to lead up to that. And often, it's not the only reason, but often with perfectionism, one of the reasons are these kind of, um, there's a mismatch between expectations and reality, basically. And that's one of the mm-hmm. core drivers of perfectionism sometimes. And all this nasty stuff that goes along with perfectionism. The counter, one counter argument to this that I hear sometimes is that, you know, I, I don't want to not hold myself to a high standard, or I don't mm-hmm. want to not hold other people to a standard. Um, and I, I get that totally. I, I think we all... Um, set a standard of treatment we set a standard for, um, but if, if your standard is never met by certain people or in certain contexts or in certain ways, then your expectation that it will be met is probably not mathematically sound. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my, I, I get that you want to hold yourself to a high regard, but it, or, or a high expectation, but if you've never met that kind of a, a bar before, then what is your expectation on, right? Is it just pure hope and, and will and determination, or is it really based in what could happen in reality? Well, this is a great transition to kind of the, the second part of this discussion, which is I, like, can expectations actually be helpful? And when I ask this question, usually one of the first things I hear is that, well, yeah, because like we need standards, you know? like especially expectations of other people. Like a, mm-hmm. the thing a lot of people talk about is um, kids, right? Like you have kids, they're in school. You, you, you want a sta- sort of a standard or an expectation that, well, you like you do your homework and you try your best to get good grades. And like, you know, there is, there is this kind of expectation in our family that we do reasonably well in school. We're not like tyrants and like you have to get A pluses all the time or whatever, but like expectations, we put expectations out there and then I don't know what the details are, but somehow that helps other people kind of rise to the occasion. And, it, and it, even like as a parent, for instance, it's your obligation to set expectations, even somewhat high expectations in order to help people you care about kind of grow and achieve good things. What, what do you make of that? That's an argument I hear a lot and I'm, I'm a little conflicted about it. What do you, what's your take on that? Uh, well, I, I hear two things there. One, one is a goal, which might be different than an expectation. Um, your goals, what you what you'd like to have, what you'd like to strive for, what you'd like to to do, what you'd like to teach a kid, you know, um, to strive for, to do better, to work hard. Those might be goals. I don't know. It, well, what's the difference? So let's say I'm a, I'm a parent and I'm you know my daughter's going into first grade next year. Mm-hmm. We haven't had this conversation yet, but obviously we need to. You know, honey, in our family, we expect A minuses at least. In all Here's where we're at. You don't have to get A pluses and everything. We're not crazy, but like you in our family, damn it, like we get at least A minuses. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, I don't know. Is that an expectation? Is that a goal? Like what you, you, you've communicated initial uh, an initial expectation, it sounds like to your okay. to your daughter in that case. To yeah. My first grader. Now let's say yes, yes, to your to your overachieving first grader. Um let's say um, a year goes by and she's bringing home straight C's. I can't even fathom this. I'm, I'm blowing <laughs> circuits brain, here. Mine yeah. doesn't even go there. 
Um, better yet, let's say your teacher comes to you and says, Mr. Dr. Wigdall, um, we believe that your child may have a learning disability and may need some help, you know, learning to read above and beyond what we're providing here. And um, this explains her poor performance on these kinds of things. And then do you base your expectation? Do you re reiterate, wait, this is an A minus kind of family, mm. you know, and you'd better rise to the occasion and you're, you're free to do that. But to me, I think you would adjust your expectation there to say, oh, I might expect something different. And maybe we get my child to that but the pathway might be a little bit different and my expectations would adjust probably yeah. in turn so talk to does me that about make sense what what would be the it, it maybe i'm wrong but it, it sounds like what you're sort of suggesting is that maybe um, certainly adjusting our expectations in light of new evidence is, is probably a helpful thing i mean we can talk more about that but but going back to this goals versus expectations thing so i framed that situation with my daughter going into first grade um as an expectation explicitly, like this is what is expected of you. But it, it almost seems like what you're suggesting is you might be able to frame that more as a goal rather than an expectation. And that, yeah, that I would think be so. You, you, you know, um, I, I have a goal of deadlifting 400 pounds. There's, there's a goal, right? When I go into the gym and I start getting data about what I can do right now, now I can, now I can have expectations because now I have data, mm -hmm. right? And expectations, I think should be built off data, not hopes and dreams, I think is my, my idea there. So I may okay. have that goal still, I might still say 400 is my goal, but my expectation for my, my progress towards that goal is, is going to be hmm. adjusted. I think. Interesting. So, so what you're kind of saying is that expectations in service of realistic goals are maybe a good thing. Yeah, or in, or in service of data that you've accumulated, too. Right. So, I mean, counter argument: like, why have expectations at all? Why not just go with good goals? Like, my goal is to deadlift four hundred pounds. Why well, I put money in a retirement account because I have an expectation that that money will be there when I retire. And so, and so, expectations allow us to plan for what will happen in the future. I think it's a. I mean, we we have an expectation tomorrow that the sun will rise. We have an expectation mm -hmm. that. Um, um, we have lots of expectations and that's kind of how we operate. I think, I, I think those expectations are kind of required to have, uh, systems that, that probably you're allowed to bank on over and over and over again. Yeah. Would you say that they're like, I was thinking about this and in my mind, I came up with the idea that expectations are like, they're like assumptions or even like heuristics. The world is a really complicated place. If we had to literally think through the nuts and bolts of every single decision and, and phenomena right. all the time. Like we would just be like paralyzed and we wouldn't have mm -hmm. the bandwidth to do all that. So we basically make us, instead of like thinking through, what would I do if the sun didn't come up today? I'm just going right. to kind of say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and assume and expect assume that's that gonna the happen. sun's going to come yeah. up. And then yeah. I don't have to like dedicate that many CPU cycles to that concern, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it sounds like what you're kind of saying is that some level of expectation, some amount of expectations are like inevitable. Like you can't get away from having assumptions or expectations about how the world or other people work. Is that yeah, let you it's, it guide your behavior. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you just need that. You would be paralyzed if you didn't, if you couldn't kind of take those like mental shortcuts and just sort of assume, I'm going to assume this is true and it's going to mm -hmm. happen because it would just be too energy consuming to have to literally think through all those assumptions all the time, every single day. Yeah. If you went on vacation and bought plane tickets and got out of plane, you can expect that they're taking you to where you purchased the ticket for. 
Yeah. You don't have to all the way check the pilot and kind of, oh, I don't know or, if he's going the right or route. Or start boning up on like aerospace mechanics and making sure that this, <laughs> right. this company's planes are actually like built yeah. according to, you're just going to go yeah. and expect. That, you're going to expect that that's going to be, yeah. that's going to be done for you and that's going to be okay. Now, um, where I think that breaks down is where you or individuals start expecting things that have never happened. Right. Mm. Um, so if you're going home for the holidays and you're hoping nobody's going to fight yet, that's what's happened every single time you've ever gone home from the holidays. I would say, why are you expecting that not to happen? Mm-hmm. Right. And you would say, well, my, my clients often will say things like, well, I, that's what I want. And, and there's where I say, well, you base your expectations off what you want to have happen or what's happened every year since you've ever gone home for the holidays. Yeah. So this is one of those, I, I get real woo-woo psychologist-y, therapist-y when I think about this, which is that I, I do think a lot of expectations are sort of defense mechanisms against like lack of control or uncertainty. You know, it's like, an in- it's like an attempt you sort of pretend it's like wish fulfillment. You like pretend that the world is more predictable and orderly and sensible than it really is because it's kind of scary to acknowledge that like I, it could be a shit show when I go home. It's likely going to be, you know, likely going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know what that's going to look like. It could be a huge disaster. It could be a minor disaster. Like, but if you have this expectation that like, no, you know what? we're all adults here. Like people will get it together. It'll be fine. That's comforting in the moment, right? It alleviates Mm -hmm. that anxiety Mm -hmm. of it being a shit show when you go home. Um, so I think that's really key to be, uh, careful with yourself about like, are you using expectations as a defense mechanism to alleviate some insecurity or anxiety in you usually around control or uncertainty? What, What do you think of that? Is that fair? Very fair. I, I, it's even kind of brought up to me that maybe sometimes people are using their fantasies um, and as kind of a wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. You know, they're basing they're basing um, their wishes and their hopes, um, and, and then they're repeating them to themselves as if they're it's an expectation. Maybe they're getting confused in there in at that yeah. point. You know, I see this so much in relationships too. People have this idea of who they want their partner to be. And maybe even realistically have, you know, have every right to want that. You know, my, I, I want my partner to be a, an emotionally mature adult, even though they historically have always acted like a 14 year old. <laughs> like that's understandable. Like I, I, I get it that you, that's a perfectly, you know, reasonable thing for you to want. Yeah. Right. But even if it's reasonable for you to want, and even if most people would say that's a reasonable thing to expect, is it reasonable given the type of person you're partnered with? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. And if it's yeah. not like, what, what is your expectation really? Is that really about them becoming this new person or is it about you maybe avoiding having to face up to the fact that like you married this person or you're partnered with this person who is not the person and maybe is unlikely to become the person you want them to be. Now that's yeah, that's kind of existentially frightening. And so understandably, yeah. I don't know, like I think we kind of shy away from big uh, concerns like that. And, and or, or just the pain and distress involved in separating from that person or, yeah, uh, you know, that, right. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, instead you hold on to the expectation and um, yeah, it, it makes sense why people do this. I, and I think that that helps a lot of people kind of understand um, what's going on in, in certain situations when they really look at 
um, their expectations of other people and the history that that other people has shown them immediately. A lot of the times it becomes very clear, wow, I'm expecting something, you know, that I really scientifically would have no reason to expect from somebody, yeah. you know, and, and there's the breakdown in our relationship. And, and, and what we often do is, um, r- rather than maybe escape the relationship or put better boundaries in, um, we just keep demanding that I, that expectation be met and then around and around we go. Right. Yeah. Well, to kind of wrap this up, one of the things I recommend, if people find themselves in a situation of like, okay, maybe I do have some kind of unrealistic expectations going on here. Um, I have this little exercise I call an expectation audit, which is where yeah. <laughs> you basically think through your, like the important people in your life um, or important, you know, your work, your boss, your spouse, whatever. And A, like identify your expectation. Like what I, what expectations do I have? Cause that's the thing. Like a lot of times we don't know what our expectations, they just kind of like running in the background. So like, mm-hmm. what are they? Mm-hmm. And then try to assess them for realism. Like, is this realistic given like the evidence that life is giving me? Not what I want or what I hope, but like given the data, the reality of who this person is or what the situation is. Yeah. Right? And a, even, a good if example of that. even if you don't make any decisions after that, that kind of clarity, just, just going through those two steps, that will really uh, move the needle, I think. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think raising children will do this, where if you ask yourself that question, would a five-year-old do this? You know, Do I have a reasonable expectation that a five-year-old would not do this? Immediately you go, no, absolutely, a five-year-old would do that. <laughs> My wife taught me this trick that she, I think she learned from somebody on Instagram, which was like, what, like when your toddler's like throwing a tantrum or being obnoxious or whatever, you, you literally say to yourself in your head, God, I wish you would stop acting like such a three-year-old <laughs> yeah, yeah. to your three-year-old, which like highlights the fact that like, hmm, maybe three. I'm assuming they should be acting like a 30-year-old when really like, nope, they're just a 30-year-old. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.